You're listening to Two Sides of Phi, a podcast that follows two lifelong friends as they seek financial independence and to retire early. I'm Eric, and I'm joined by my friend Jason, who reached Phi in 2020. And this is our story. The whole point of this show is to to sort of compare and contrast the two sides of Phi. And since you're now 12 months into it, um, you know, full year into it, I just want to get your reflections on how it's been. What, you know, did it meet your expectations? I just, I have probably, you know, 35 or 40 different questions Ooh. of you. So I'm, I'm going to kind of jump right in. Can you think of a day that you had in the past year that was like, this is why I did this. Because you texted me at one point and you're like, oh, today was such a, oh. a, a five day. I don't know if that was the, that's true or not. Lori was really interested in getting an e-bike so we could go to farther flung places, um, you know, with, with varying terrain and carry stuff and still get home. And so, you know, we one day took our, that day, you know, basically brand new e-bikes. We'd had them a couple days and rode out to a brewery we really like and went there and had lunch and, and, and had a, you know, a flight of tasters. And then we, uh, after that, we rode out to a winery and visited that. And then, you know, just kind of like took a leisurely it's illegal day. by now. <laughs> and uh, it was not illegal. And um, <laughs> it was just really nice. And I was just struck by the moment. And I, I definitely texted Eric and like a picture of like the flights and said ultimate fire day or something like that or fire yeah. life or. And you know what I said? Do you remember what I said? I'm happy for you. I look forward to that myself. <laughs> I did say I'm happy for you, but then I followed it up by saying must be nice. Oh, she did put it must be nice in there. You're literally the only person I would send that to because I would just get a must be nice or silence or like a middle finger emoji from even people who I'm pretty close to. I mean, I don't talk in those terms. That would be rude. But um, it was hard typing that, you know, I'm very happy for you, but I, I did mean it. I sincerely meant it. What's been better than expected and what's been worse than expected? I want the real the real picture. Yeah. I think net positive for sure. There there's no question. And I and I have I went back and read some of the stuff I wrote at three months, six months, <laughs> nine months, just to kind of remind myself like how those stages went, because there's definitely some stuff that was worse than I thought it would be. But um I think better than expected, just the idea of adjusting from doing this job, having a career that looked a certain way and suddenly not doing it. That transition was better than I thought. I didn't find myself, I haven't found myself missing like the specific work or feeling like I, you know, that sense of contribution or mental challenge. Like I I was kind of worried at times that that absence would be a big problem. And so the fact that it hasn't been, doesn't mean there's not stuff about it I, I don't miss and we can talk about that. But on net, yeah, that's been better than I thought. I largely spent the first six weeks after leaving my job moving, right? Getting packing, yeah. moving, unpacking, getting set up. Suddenly, I had more free time, if you will, to start really thinking. Um, and <laughs> my thoughts naturally, I guess, went to like, oh, what, what have I done here? This is a big change. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so maybe there's some of each. Well, so how do you work through that? Because I, I can picture myself and a lot of people who are heading into Phi saying, yeah. ooh, getting to that point. So how do you work through it? I suppose part of it is like any transition, right? There's You go through kind of stages, right? And you kind of, kind of get your way out the other side. But I think mechanically, the, the best thing for me was, number one, was probably writing, right? Blogging and just getting my thoughts down and being able to 
process them by doing that and then reviewing yeah. them and seeing what I took from it. And the second thing is probably just talking to people, uh, opening up about what I was feeling, uh, conversations yeah. with my wife, Lori, conversations with you, somebody who has no problem holding me accountable uh, <laughs> for things that I'm doing and thinking, right? You don't have to live in the same house with me after said conversation. So perhaps it's better. To... Oh man, did I, drop some, did I lob some grenades in there or something? No, actually, I, I think it was, it was highly effective, some of the conversations we had, and, and we could talk about that. Tell me what, tell me, give me an example while we're here. First thing that came to mind was this idea of stop mm. trying to jam stuff in and feel like you're not succeeding if the day isn't full. And even when it was fun stuff, right, or things I really wanted to do, like, you know, when I was working on iOS programming, which was about six months that I really worked on that pretty hard, four to six months, um, or, you know, just taking a walk by a certain time. Like, I definitely started to, like, find myself setting little deadlines. Uh -huh. And the, those go from, like, aspirational to, like, pressure really quick for me. And so you calling me out on that was definitely very helpful. I, I think the second thing I took from you was there were times where I definitely felt like um, I had to make progress on figuring out, you know, what was next, right? right? You know, I've bought this time to explore all these things I want to do and try these hobbies and test this stuff out. But I found myself putting pressure on myself to winnow them down to like a short list of things I better start doing. And you were pretty honest about your own experience and maybe this is a, a good time to maybe make it make it relevant to this but um you know just when you're looking for the next thing like you, you kind of got a random walk and you got to try things and fail at them and be comfortable with that that's the normal process even though it's foreign to me i mean do you agree with that i mean what's your recall of that topic yeah no i, to I totally agree with that and i actually i mean it's not surprising i think that you landed there. But when I was sort of giving you advice and telling you about my own experiences, I thought, well, why doesn't he see this? Didn't he just create all this white space yeah. to step into? And, you know, wouldn't you naturally just want to take advantage of that? But, you know, you were, it was interesting. It was a learning lesson for me too, because you basically said, look, this isn't how I've operated my life for the past <laughs> 23 years or yeah. however many it was, you know, and it's a big change. And I had to rewind back to my day one, like the last big transition that I made working for someone else to starting my own business and think, oh yeah, that does feel really scary. That's not a normal feeling to, you know, want to explore. And you, you are naturally, I think of you as being a really goal driven person. And when you don't have a specific goal, it means you don't have a specific line between here and there. And, you know, we all like to chart a path and, and yeah. try and follow a course and, man, that, that is scary, but it's also, it's also kind of cool. I had fun watching you come to this realization Suffer. that you, you well, it wasn't suffering kidding, necessarily, but, but you have to sit with it. You sit with you this do. idea that like, if I open this door, you know, I'm not closing all the other doors over here, but I'm opening this door into this room that has then a thousand new doors in it. And I get to choose another door there. And you, and you keep going on this sort of infinite loop of opportunity and interest and excitement. And I think it took you opening a few of those doors to really recognize that. Yeah. And I don't know, it's been, it's been a really cool process to see happen. Um, and, and I'm glad you're well, I'm glad you've reflected on that in, in a way um, and and also that you've been writing about it because I saw, you know, even just through your writing, a change 
not only in your attitude, but in how you write and how you see the world. And I mean, I don't know if you feel that way at all, but it sounds like writing maybe was helpful for you in, in processing that because only you're the only person who can do this. You know, if I think about maybe this was first three, six months, you started having these opportunities, right? For consulting. Like, yeah. Tell me about the, the draw back into what felt comfortable for you because of money or validation or tell me about that. Cause that felt like a big deal. Within the first couple of months, I started to get pull from my network, my, my workplace network to do some consulting people I'd worked with before who knew me by reputation. And I thought, right, I'm not sure what I want to do with this, but let me hang my consulting sign out there. Uh, if nothing else, it's kind of like the protective part of me, like saying, you know, I have a workplace gap on my LinkedIn profile. Why don't I put a consulting thing up there like everybody does? <laughs> like if I decide somehow, which would shock me, but like, oh boy, I want to go back to work. You know, having a consulting kind of tenure in there, not such a bad thing. So, so hung that out there and started to take a few calls. And I quickly realized that people were willing to pay me what I thought was a fair rate for my time. I would say it started with just a couple of like, you know, 45 to 60 minute calls. I'm like, hey, this is easy money. Like, you know, I could do a few of these. But I quickly realized that there were people who wanted me to do more. And and I actively considered and even consulted with, you know, with you on this idea of taking on a, a bigger project just to see if it's something I wanted to do. And, you know, like had three a, to six months or something like maybe if, yeah, yeah maybe, like, maybe three months, something like that, but like 20 hours a week. Or yeah. More, I would say or? at most, I would say, honestly, I never considered more than that. I, I was okay. very yeah. fearful. At least I had some wits about me to take on more than that. But, you know, the more I reflected on it, the more I um, talked to you about it, I realized that I wasn't entertaining those ideas out of some like longing for what I had left behind and a need to like be an intellectually stimulated in that way. Honestly, it was as simple as I was shocked that people were willing to pay for my expertise that much. <laughs> and it seems stupid to turn that down. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like, why would I do that? Like I should be grateful that people want to work with me and that they value my experience. Like if people knew what I was turning down, they would like think I'm a fool. So I got over that idea. Um, and I, and I quickly realized that I wasn't hungry for that type of work. What I can say is I have never felt a pull to go back full time working for somebody else in an office or remotely, despite inquiries that have come in, they've never been appealing. <laughs> I, you know, thank you, but no, thank you yeah. a number of times already. It's interesting. That conversation, as I recall, was, okay, well, you've reached financial independence, so money is off the table. Right. So the only reason you can do this is because you're interested in, in the subject matter or there, there's some other motivating factor that's outside of a financial reason. And I think your conclusion was, well, there really wasn't any, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like financially, you were pretty motivated by it financially, which I totally get. Um, and it helps me to kind of refocus in on this idea of, okay, you were saving all this time and then you have to flip the switch and go to spending. Was, did that feed into that kind of calculus there? It's not so much that and more about like, 
it's about the practical me and the aspirational me kind of at odds with each other. So, you know, yeah. we've talked about sequence of return risk in these early years when you start to draw down being the area of, of highest, you know, potential pitfalls, right? If the market suddenly goes south, you don't want to have that happen in the earliest years when you start drawing down because you're drawing, you're drawing down your principal when you don't want to be. And so part of me was like, well, this could be a hedge, you know, convinced talk, talking myself into it. Oh, we'll do some projects as a hedge. I could just save that or, you know, I wouldn't have to withdraw for vacations or things like that. And thankfully, you know, I have great people in my life, like my wife uh, and, and, and you, my friend, saying, you know, hold on now. Make sure if you're considering this, it's for the right reasons, right? Do you want to do this work? You want to be tied to these companies or these people because now you're making commitments again. And that's going to have consequences. Um, and by consequence, I don't necessarily mean bad, but it will yeah. absolutely impact the other things that I have ostensibly set out to do here. And when I actually evaluated that, I realized, oh, yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, I don't want to trade so, that freedom. So let's fast forward now to present day. You're, you're one year into it. And tell me about your current work situation. One day a week. Uh, I pour wine at a local winery tasting room, which so is I, this would this, would this classify as a hobby job? Oh, totally, dude! I can make okay. twenty times more an hour uh, doing consulting. So no, I am not doing this for the money. <laughs> so your rationale for doing this yeah. was what? Because to me, this just flies in the face of every yeah. financially independent <laughs> person who wants to own all their time. It's completely crazy. Tell it's, me why it it's sounds not crazy. crazy on the surface, but in essence, it's just me spending my time how I want. The kind of conversation I had with one of the owners of the winery was, "This sounds like fun. Yeah. I like wine. I like education. <laughs> right? I'm I'm a beer judge. I do educational things in that venue. I thought it'd be just super fun." I would learn some stuff and I would work with people who seem to me pretty interesting and have their, their head on their shoulders. And by the way, they have good wine. The second thing is pointing towards one of the aspirational targets is I have had this idea for a long time. My wife and I were both longtime brewers. Uh, we like everything beer and, and have said, you know, maybe we want to open a very small brewery and tasting room. And whether it's a romantic notion or otherwise, one of the thoughts I've always had is, you know, just boy, just talking to people about something you made you know, helping them learn about it, find the thing that they like, like that's going to be very rewarding. And so while I'm not going to be talking about wine that I made, it's going to test out the idea of whether I really sure. would enjoy standing around talking about something, <laughs> repeating myself to different people and listening to their questions, some of which I've heard a million times, or is that something I don't enjoy at all? And so yeah. if someone's willing to pay me a little bit and give me some discounts on wine so I can see if this is a reasonable idea or not, sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. I mean, the way I look at it, I'm solving a problem for them and they're helping me answer a question. Do, do I like something like this? How has your net worth changed over the past year? Uh, it's, it's grown a lot because Has of, it? yeah, the market. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, you know, greater than 85% stock. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So, and like, do you anticipate that allocation changing over time? Like, are you in the sort of preservation phase or are you still like, no. cause I struggle with that. Yeah. I mean, obviously this, this isn't financial advice cause each of our situations is so no, different, know, but, but, I'm but based on the size that. of my portfolio, we can safely let the engine 
do its thing and and take advantage of the volatility when it can, knowing that the rest of the portfolio has us covered uh, when it's not in the direction that we want it to be. So yeah. um, no, I don't see that 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 allocation changing anytime soon. I am planning for a long life, and you know we're going to let the the stock portion of the assets do their thing. Yeah, it's comforting to hear you say that you're not spending a lot of time thinking about finances. I mean, that's not. That is one of the major goals of becoming financially independent, that you set a plan and you set, put it on autopilot. And as long as the fundamentals are good, you just let it, let it work for you. So, yeah, that's good. Um, let's talk a little bit about health, okay. physical, mental health. I've kind of heard from people in retirement that you're trading sort of one set of stressors for another. So in, say, the work environment, uh, or pre-fi, you're worried about finances, you're worried about your job commitments. What stressors are you feeling now? There's no new stressors I would attribute to leaving my job. I am now cognizant of the idea that we are drawing down and we are no longer actively contributing. You know, yes, we have capital appreciation from what the market does, but I am no longer taking money and putting it away. I am taking it out. So I'm cognizant of that. I don't think I've had that go to the level of worry. Okay. So you have the entire day. You could get up in the morning and have mimosas for breakfast. You could have a beer at lunch and you could be drinking by, you know, three in the afternoon, your afternoon beer, right? Yep. Like describe to me <laughs> what that health space looks like, because I could see for myself treating this like one big vacation. Yeah. I mean, sure. The temptation is there, right? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm surrounded by temptation. I've got tons of wine. <laughs> working in place. I've got a couple of kegs of beer. Lori works at a brewery part-time. I work at a winery part-time, but I mean, I had always intended to break a lot of bad habits that are easily held when you travel a lot. And when you, you know, have lunch meetings and they're constantly catering and things like that. I mean, I like to cook, so I, I'm, I make all my meals now, except when we, the rare times we go out. So I would say I had intended to eat better, intended to exercise even more, you know, get out every single day, and I've done that stuff. So I would say on net, I'm doing a lot better than I did. I've, you know, I've lost weight. I'm in better shape than I was, you know, before retiring. I think I have found a pretty good balance, and because I get out so much, a hike and or bike every single day. Lori and I don't feel too guilty about taking the freedom on a Wednesday at 11 a.m. to go to a winery and do a tasting because we can. And that's the freedom we bought for ourselves. And we're trying to lead pretty healthy lives. And so I would say it is certainly very possible to take advantage of this and treat every day like a vacation. I think we're doing a good job of saying, well, there's vacation and there's, you know, times when you blow it out, you know, you're visiting people and then there's every day. And I think I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it's gone. How about um, like relationship wise, like you and your wife are spending a lot more time together in yeah. the same space, right? Any, anything changed there? I think in the first few months, I realized that a lot had changed and, you know, I'm around a lot more often and Lori <laughs> was, you know, used to working in a certain way and kind of having the house operate in a certain way. And suddenly like I'm in the middle of it and there's things that <laughs> she just needs to do and that, you know, they might be annoying me. Um, like what? You know, I don't know, like vacuuming around me when I'm working at my desk or whatever. And it's like, like clearly she's working, getting used to being around each other all the time. It's many years since Lori and I have worked together and, and spent like, you know, that much time yeah. together yeah. every day. Uh, I think it went pretty, pretty good. When people ask you what you do, what's your answer? Very often, especially if it's somebody I'm meeting new, I'll say that uh, I'm a consultant. You know, once I get to know somebody, 
and they asked me a little more about that, I would typically say, you know, until until last year, I worked in biotech. Uh, and then since then, I do some consulting and kind of working on what comes next. Something like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Because you never say you're retired. Uh, rarely. Uh, <laughs> very rarely, I would say, yeah. because I, I've gotten, you know, some pretty odd reactions to it. <laughs> so I, I would not say I have like, I have mastered the art of talking about this transition, but I have come to like terms with certain language that I find at least gets the conversation started and certainly until I get to know somebody better. Have you been bored yet? No. Whether it's this work we're doing on the show, whether it's, you know, skill development, I have a very long list and things are constantly being added to it of things I want to explore and learn more about. And, and it was always my sort of dream to have the time to do that stuff. I'm still learning like how to balance the kind of pull to like knock things off the to-do list versus give myself time to like explore and learn. And I wouldn't say that I'm like a hardcore like time blocker in terms of making and managing. I suspect you're a lot better at that. I mean, I, I learned that concept from you. I think I am learning more with each day, like how to do that and be comfortable with the fact that some days the blend may differ. But no, bored is not a word I would ever use. Not <laughs> okay. yet. That's good. Is that a fear of yours when you think about pulling that trigger? Do you worry that you might be bored versus how you spend time now? Not worried about it. I have enough interest. No, that was I'm my not. suspicion. I wouldn't think you would be. I suspect you've but got a long list of stuff you want yeah. to get done that you can't do. But I don't know. I mean, <laughs> 10 years in? <laughs> sure. How am I, I going to yeah. feel 10 years? Like, it's a little scary. I mean, yeah. I, if I'm being honest. And it's one of the pushbacks that I hear from people who are critical of the decision yes. to fi at 50 or which is you know roughly where i'm at um it's and so i i feel like i'm always having to answer that question and so i yeah. just want to know you know kind of what you're what you're feeling with i don't think of you as someone who ever actually gets bored there's a lot of merit to what you said about you know 10 years from now because everything i'm talking about now is from the perspective of one year yeah and one very strange year right in, in a time of covid <laughs> But everything is new in the first 12 months after leaving work that you've been doing for for nearly 25 years. Five years from now, I suspect my everyday will be a lot different, right? Our daughter will be in college and well settled into it, a couple years into it probably. And, you know, we're hopefully going to be traveling in the way that we want to. And so everything will probably be different. And I have no idea how I'll feel then. But I'm open to the idea that things are going to continue changing and I'm going to have to adapt with them. What, what are your expectations for next year when we have this conversation in one year? Like, what are your big concerns moving between 12 months and 24 months? I don't know if it, I would call it a concern, but I do wonder what the next year will bring from a you know, stock market perspective. It's very easy to feel financially secure in early retirement when the market is behaving. <laughs> yeah. Right? How could I be worried? But you know, whether one believes we are due for a correction or not, corrections happen. The market doesn't only go up. This is a very, very long bull run. And so bad things will happen and downturns will come. And I wonder how I'll feel. Will I be able to maintain the level head that I was honestly very able to do during accumulation years? It never worried me at all. On the positive side, I will 
feel fulfilled from being able to take longer vacations and being able to finally do that, right? We're finally taking some time this summer to visit (laughs) friends and family, and we're going to do it for not the usual one week or maybe 10 days. If we're lucky, we get to do it. We're going to do it for five weeks. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. That'll be the longest vacation you probably ever took, right? By double. You know, I would never take more than two weeks at a time, and even that was rare. And so taking five weeks to visit family, visit friends, do some fun stuff on our own, I don't even know what that's going to feel like. But I like to think that a year from now, we'll have gotten to do a few trips uh, as a family and and maybe with friends and that that will be really fulfilling because that was one of the things we were working for was that ability. I think I have more questions or wonder where I'll be in a year than kind of predictions. But I'm very interested to look back and see how I view that second year versus the first year. And, you know, am I still random walking as much in terms of like, pursuits and interests or have I started to narrow it down in any way? Yeah, it's too, it's too, uh, too early to settle on one thing. I mean, I think the random walk is the best, is the best thing. I like it. It suits my brain. You know, knowing what you know now, you're into it. You've had a few bumps in the road. Doesn't sound like they've really derailed you or sent you back to the workplace necessarily out of retirement, if you want to call it that. But for someone who's looking to ahead to this, say they're going to enter this sort of first year soon, within the next year or so, what can they do to prepare themselves for that? You know, what would you offer as advice? The first is be prepared for change. And that's sort of paradoxical, right? How can you prepare for change. What I mean is just be comfortable with the idea that your emotions are going to change. The way you think about things is going to change over time. We all go through periods of change in different ways based on what we are going through at the time those changes happen, our innate nature, etc. And just be comfortable with the idea and remind yourself that changes are going to come. There are going to be challenges. There's going to be amazingly positive feelings, but it's there's cycle to change. And that's just how it works. And the thing that goes along with that is good communication. Your family is going to be experiencing financial independence. Most of us have somebody in our life, a partner, a spouse, children, parents. And the more open you can be about what you're feeling, what you're concerned about, what feels great, (laughs) the better. Because I absolutely found in the first three months that I was keeping stuff in and it was causing me to be irritable. I needed to share openly, especially with my wife, you know, what I was thinking about. Because so what did you share with her that, that you were keeping inside? Not getting the validation from work anymore. And that that, you know, might translate to, and it was translating to me feeling like underappreciated at home, right? Uh-huh. Like, you know, things I was doing around the house to contribute or, you know, cooking, you know, just small things. But, you know, for me, like I was missing the personal satisfaction from somebody being happy with what I produced and just being open with that helped, you know, them be aware that, oh, that's that's important to you. And that, that's how we'll support you right now. Sounds like so such a little that was, thing. So it was made manifest in you being kind of grouchy or. And so you basically said, hey, look, this is how I'm feeling. And your wife was like, oh, OK, now I get it. Right. I mean, yeah. was it that simple? Yeah, pretty much. Another example would be when I was putting pressure on myself to feel like I needed to start carving a path towards something next. Um, just sharing that I was feeling that, you know, provided, you know, her the opportunity to say, hey, just remember, this is why you did this, right? You're, you're supposed to have the time. Some of the things you said, too, you don't have to do something next. You know, I, I think Lori put it really well 
when she was describing to our daughter the other day, like, you know, why does she work one day a week in a brewery doing their lab work, uh, even though it's not very much money for that kind of job? She's like, well, you know, I decided a few years back that at this stage of my life, I should be doing things that I would do for free, right? I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to feel fulfilled by it. I'm contributing. I'm learning. That's why I'm doing stuff. Wow, that's great advice. So, you know, when I think about like the winery, for example, like, I mean, I would volunteer for that. I would pour at a festival or whatever, like for that experience and it's fun and whatever. So, you know, not doing stuff for the money, but, you know, again, back to her point, it's about having the freedom to make those decisions. Don't put pressure on yourself. This is what I expected you would be doing. So whether it's, you know, you're doing it intentionally or it's just creeping in, it doesn't matter. Like, like here's how you put the idea out of your head. I've never found myself questioning if this was the right thing to do. I have <laughs> wondered what it has and would and will change in the relationships I have with people, right? Because even just talking about this step yeah. I've taken is difficult. It's something we've devoted time to uh, on our channel. Um, and there's probably still a lot more to be said about it, right? I mean, there are a couple conversations I didn't have until months into it with yeah. some family members because I, you know, I still have difficulty talking about this path I set out on and that I have now executed upon. It is a weird thing to think like, oh, my relationship with certain people has changed as a result of this life decision, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. even like former work colleagues are people who really get it and are interested in it. And I get so much out of talking to them. But then there's other people who are like, yeah, that's a waste. Like, it's just the feeling I get. I've, no one has spoken those words to me. Yeah, but, totally. you know, you have these ways in which you relate with people your whole working career or your whole life. And then suddenly some of that changes. Um, maybe that's not always a bad thing, but it it is different. And it is something emotional that has happened in the past year and a half and some of my relationships with people. Yeah, I think people don't talk about this much, but it definitely there is some distance that this puts between you just because of people's just you know, preordained ideas about money and also, you know, looking at their own financial situations and wishing for something different, I guess. And, you yeah. know, I, I feel good and confident in the plan that I'm putting together. Yes. And it's been great watching you execute on the plan you put together. And I find I get a lot of satisfaction in that. And it, it makes me want to share it with other people. But I then realize very quickly that people are just not, not very many people are open to it. Join us as the conversation continues next time on Two Sides of Fi. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider rating it at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For show notes, resources, and links to the video version, please check out our website at twosidesoffi.com. <laughs>